Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm, I'm completely... <laughs> oh, bugger. Let's try that again. Are, are you sure you're the one who's been doing this? <laughs> it's such a movie podcast. It makes my ears go to be dark blast. It is the show I spend my nights listening to. Steve's voice is smooth as Sherry. Key Simpson's quotes are legendary. Will is the host with so much class. Oh. Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at season six, episode two, Frasier's Curse, in which Frasier's never-ending bad luck sees him repeatedly jeopardise his own chances at a perfect high school reunion. Key, we're having a bit of a a reunion of our own right now, but would you go to a school reunion were it offered in our case? And if the answer is yes, could I come as your plus one? (laughs) We went to the same school, mate. We did, but I, I'd like to come. As, I'd like to come as your plus one. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this a lot actually because I see this all the time on American sitcoms. I feel like the school reunion is a common sort of sitcom trope that we see it in is. America, and I like I, it. I know definitely that there is no concept of a school reunion in the UK. Maybe a very very elite private school. I I think it's it's it, I don't know. I think with our parents, sometimes I have heard of our kind of parents' generation going to things, mm. or or certainly something's happening. It seems like in our generation, it's going to be very rare. Yeah, because I don't think there's a need for it anymore. Because you you maybe in our parents' generation, it was harder to stay in touch with the people you went to school with. Hugely, yeah. For us, it's really not that difficult if you put in a little bit of effort. You just the social media, you know mm. the the advent of the, the digital age is such that it is remarkably easy, really, to keep in touch with people if, if both parties reciprocate that. Yeah. Much harder to stalk people if they don't want to be stalked. To be <laughs> um, but I think, so I think one, there's, there's there's no real need for it, which is why certainly our generation, it doesn't get talked about. But mm-hmm. I did think about, would I go? And I think I'm very like Frasier in a sense. I would go if successful. If not would... successful, no. I mean... I you you are a very very successful <laughs> celebrated Midlands based lawyer. I think you've got I think you've got a lot to crow about. I don't um, think that's true. I don't think I don't think right now I'd be successful enough to go because I think I I'll be meeting people and I'm like yeah I've uh, I've done this I've done that. I don't know who you think we went to school with, but it wasn't a bunch of Silicon Valley I, kind of entrepreneurs. You tell me that Jake Claiborne hasn't come up with a cure for cancer. Okay? <laughs> well, if, anyone's gonna, if anyone's going to come up with one, it's our Clegs. It exactly. really is. Yeah. It's our Clegs. He will. I'll, I'll make sure he hears this episode. You'll love that <laughs> shout out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Steve um, was telling me that when he went to his high school reunion, um, he was recently divorced and unemployed. So he feels a lot of empathy with Fraser in this episode. Yeah. Um, so it had, you know, had, had Steve been on this week, I know he'd have spoken to that. And he's often kind of spoke very candidly. So listeners would certainly have uh, kind of responded there. But I'd like to know from other people listening, 
would you go if the opportunity afforded itself? Because I think for some people, the, the idea of revisiting those memories is a really wonderful, nostalgic thing. For others, it's hell. You know, it. I love school. Um, obviously, I'm a teacher now because I love school and I think they're brilliant environments. Some people, it's the worst time in their life. And I just think, you know, it, it's kind of entirely subjective, isn't it? What people think about school. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it would almost wear away the nostalgia a little bit because you you have those memories of your school friends and you remember people as they were when they were 15 they, they look how they looked when i knew they, them exactly both mm. for positive and negative reasons you know yeah. the, the, the people you didn't like you you don't imagine your bullies gaining a new sense of maturity you think they're still bullies and horrible people and all the rest of it you think your friends are still or the people you were friends with at school mm. are still exactly the same now and then you go and actually everyone's completely different you know in the sense of they've all grown well different and the same in the sense of everyone is different to how they were at 15 16 but everyone's the same and that they have the same problems and probably have the same outlooks yeah. on things now yeah um and i just think i don't know i think it would be really jarring for some people in the sense of do, would so. you rather remember you know little billy that you used to play catch with because apparently this is the 50s in america um but, <laughs> I, but... I hear billy and all i think of is do it for me, Billy McGarning. <laughs> um, I... Well, McGarning, Billy is dead. <laughs> Sorry, we managed, I think, three minutes from our Simpsons reference. Uh, I don't know if you've heard um, the new theme tune to the podcast that um, Chameleon Song has made, but as it used to be, um, What's New, I'm Listening, it's now uh, the, uh, She's Such a Groovy Podcast. Nice. And there's a little quip about you, Steve, and I, and yours is uh, Keys, Simpsons, quotes are legendary, um, <laughs> which is just amazing. So when you listen back to that, you're going to be thinking, oh, well, yeah. there's a barbershop quartet in this episode. So we all know where I'm going with that. We all know where it's going. <laughs> uh, anime- oh, no, Animation Watch, what am I talking about? Trivia Corner. Let's get into yes. Trivia Corner this week. It's been a while since you've tucked in. I've, yep. cl- I've, I've washed the sheets. Well, you noticed the weather got bad, so I came back. That's what exactly, it exactly. That's what it is. Um, right now, let me just find the trivia because my internet is being incredibly slow. Um, have you been able to devise some questions for me? I do. I have four questions for you, actually. Oh, excellent! Right, yeah. thought I'd go um, big on my return. Go big or go home. <laughs> Okay, trivia corner this week. Uh, opening for you is our boy Hammy Cam Winston, Scott Michael Campbell who plays Mr. Rugley, featured as Monroe in what 2005 Heath Ledger film? Okay, so it was actually, it was a little known film. I think it was a B film, not, not even know about it, but it was The Curse of Dr. Marvin Monroe. And <laughs> he starred Dr. Marvin Monroe. Um, and... Is he the Simpsons character? Yes, he is. <laughs> Are um... we tapping out? I have absolutely no idea. The only Heath Ledger film I think I know is Batman. So, Batman. What is the other famous film he did with Jake Gyllenhaal? It involves mountains. Is it, is it Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. There we go. <laughs> uh, what four things did Roz do twice? Twice. Okay, so she got a babysitter. She did. She did her makeup. She did. She squeezed herself into that dress or taped a Miracle of engineering, yeah. Yeah. She oh she said that she does her hair she did her hair twice and Fraser went well actually you only did your hair once yes yeah very yeah. true very true um, there's, there's one more thing that's all kind of related oh maybe Fraser 
Pleasure standing her up twice or absolutely. God, you're yeah. good. Oh, God, wow. you're good. The kid's back. The kid's back. <laughs> uh, Goodbye, my Coney Island baby that Frasier yes. and the Checkmates sing was originally written in what year? Uh, 1927. Oh, my God. No, but I really <laughs> thought you were going to land on it then. That was so confident. 1924. <laughs> oh, is that really, really close. Uh, I don't suppose you want to guess who, who wrote it. Um, the B Sharps, <laughs> not the B Sharps. It was uh, Les Applegate That's of nice... the Applegate family. Yeah, the sequel to Les Misérables, uh, <laughs> Les Applegate. Uh, trivia from Little Owlet in the Glen. Our lovely Rachel. What is the name of the cheap dog food Eddie will no longer eat? Thrifty dog. Thrifty dog. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and trivia from Little Bobby Briscoe. What is the name of the actor who plays the man throwing the soda cans into the trash instead of recycling them? And the reason you might know this is it is Frasier related. Oh, it's almost okay. identical to the name of a character in the show. A supporting character. I don't know why in my head I've got Miles Bane, but... I can't remember a character called Miles Bane. <laughs> no, but it's similar to Niles Crane. Oh, okay. So, okay. That, um, took a, that took a while. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Um, Ken Daly, as in Kenny Daly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, a Ken oh, wow. Daly, which I quite love. Um, what are your questions for me, Keith? It's been a while since okay. I've asked those words. Ask question those questions. number one. I'm sure you've been getting 100% every week. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm staggeringly poor, as usual. <laughs> miss nothing there. <laughs> Uh, question number one. What mm. happened before each of Frasier's previous reunions? Lilith uh, divorced him. Correct. He was stood up at the altar. Correct. And then what was the one before that? If he was stood up at the altar, five years before being stood up at the altar would have made he, maybe had him around his time in medical school, maybe? or it's Somewhat medical related. Uh, I don't know. He had he had glandular fever. You you in the ballpark? He fell in poison ivy. Oh bloody hell! Poison ivy. Yeah. I think um, we've talked about that on the podcast before. I'm not sure if we have that here. No, I don't think we do. We just have bloody nettles everywhere. Yeah, stinging nettles. From what I from what I can gather, they're nowhere near as bad as poison ivy. I think poison yeah. ivy is worse. I mean, the name would suggest it. Yeah, a Sting nettle poison. Poison, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, question number. Wait, what? Oh, he's lost one. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, that was question number one, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah, I, I think so. I think question so. number two. What is yeah. the name of the TV station that did not offer a Fraser a job? Is it KOPV? I had KPOV, but uh, I... I, I, I think you're correct. Okay, I think you're correct. I will give you that one. Thank um, you. What year did Fraser graduate? Ooh. It's not said, but I think it is seen. Is it 1968? It is the class of 68. Yes. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Uh, final question. Yes. What is the name of the a charity foundation mentioned in this? Oh, is that the one that the, the guy's wife works for? Yeah, Percy's wife, I think. Percy Williams. His wife, she just loves to do charity work, doesn't she? But what charity work does she do? <laughs> um, I'm going to say the... Oh, no. Help for the homeless. 
I think it is the Bootstrap Foundation. It is the Bootstrap Foundation. God damn. That's nice. Oh. That's nice. Good question there, Keyzone. Um, are you ready for the rest of your questions this week? Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. So our boy MK drop in at the queues like it's nobody's business. Question number one. All of the title cards are a play on an American high school yearbook. Mm-hmm. Can Steve slash Key name all of the categories of the yearbook represented by the other title cards? Ah, uh, so think you. We've talked about the kind of American high school trope of the reunion. The yeah. awards they give out in these films are pretty much always the same one. Yeah. Um. So so can you can you determine what they are based on? the title card clues so the you know like you might have a oh okay most most likely to become a used car salesman but they're they're much more specific than that they're not as hard sorry they're much less specific than that they're not as hard as as that one okay um one so one was cutest couple correct so is that a thing are you looking for like that's the answer married okay cutest couple is what i'm looking for okay um i think was one most likely to succeed or most successful correct Class clown, class clown. You've got to think Kelsey got that, yeah. In the sense I mean, of Sergeant Bob, but he was oh nice, but yeah. he was the the Bryce Academy crier. So yes. that yeah. was going to be another question of mine. What was his nickname? That's a good one. Oh, uh, okay. So, oh, was there one about hair, like best hair because of Rugley's hair? Rugley, Rugley, yeah. Rugley. <laughs> um, absolutely, it is. Do you want to know the three awards my brother got at his A level awards ceremony? Which was it was decided by his peers. They did a kind of okay. He got most likely to end up on the dole. <laughs> um, he got laziest person. Okay, and he also got um best catchphrase, which was what what what. <laughs> <laughs> he was just he was just coming to a room and go what what what. Um, and and... The idea, your brother actually just had a stammer, and everyone would just have thought he was going with it. <laughs> I think he would just like he would do something, you know, controversial, or he would oh. say some quip, and then he'd in... go, "What, what, what?" <laughs> in our yearbook, I got at school, I got most likely to be famous. I think. Did you? <laughs> so, cheers, mate. Look, well, look at you on this podcast. Oh <laughs> something yeah, something came My... true. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, far does your fame extend? Well, it's a very niche group of people. Well, I think that comes from the fact that one, you're a very, very personable human being, and you just kind of you know, you're you, you were always going to succeed in whatever you did. But you had the acting gift, the bug. Well, yeah. And I, I think people were hoping you were going to hit Broadway, and I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm never going to let that dream go because it's <laughs> it's coming. I'm um, still holding. I hope, mate. Still holding out hope. I can't. I don't know if I got anything actually. Um, think, did you not get like most likable? I don't think so. I think you did. I don't think I was. I, I, there were a lot of people that didn't like me in our year. That is um, not true. Everyone loved oh, Will Carroll. No, no, no. There's. A, I can remember a few people that didn't like me. <laughs> um, but that that's by the by. Um, you can't you can't please everyone, can you? Um, I, I imagine you... if one of us had got most likely to have a podcast, that would have been good. Did podcasts exist when we were at school? Uh, I think so, because I used to listen to Stuff You Should Know. (laughs) How did Will get through his GCSEs? (laughs) Stuff Um, You Should Know. Stuff You Should Know. Um, What were you going to ask, sorry? I don't know. Was I going to ask something? I don't think you were. (laughs) Um, At what table do the checkmates sit? Uh, 97. 
How can you remember that? Because I was considering that as a question myself. Wow. Um, Very good. Oh, I love the checkmates. I've got a lot to say about the checkmates. I, I've actually wanted to, I was. I forgot to, but I was going to try and come up with a few other, as a, as a chess fan, mm. other chess-based quartet band names. So hold hold the line there. Um, and that isn't a, a suggestion. Um, what did Roz have to do in order to get a free makeover? She had to listen to the Estee... I'm going to print, mispronounce Lauder or Lauder? Estee Lauder. Lauder. Um, woman complain about like a bladder. Her bladder, I think. Her bladder operation, absolutely. Bladder operation. I mean, it sounds... it could. I could have been an Estee Lauder woman. <laughs> if, 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 if all you've got to do is kind of talk about your bladder, I mean, hello, I've practically it's, got a PhD in that. It's crazy. I was speaking to Steph and I think her mom did something very similar to get... Um, I'm not sure if it was her hair or her eyebrows, but she got some kind of free thing at a at a shop yeah um and i think the the price of pay was you know what's that phrase uh, uh, gas ass or grass no one rides for free i think it's the same with free makeovers and haircuts wow and which one did just... which one did steph's mom <laughs> gas ass or grass um uh, is grass the talking one i think grass is weed <laughs> oh, i misunderstood that phrase <laughs> i thought one was just like talking he's like oh no one rides for free you've got to Either talk, pay, or put out. Is that? I, not... I think it's talk, put out, or no, it's pay for petrol, pay put for petrol. out, or pay in drugs. That's what grass oh, is. Oh, I thought grass was in like no grass is just a very American term for for weed, isn't it? Oh, um, I miss. So... Oh, that's why that joke didn't go down well at her family party. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's a okay. lot of questions in my head right now. <laughs> um, but thank you, everyone, for your questions. As always, an absolute treat to uh, to kick things off with those uh, animation watch key. What was it, please? I was going to. Is it a half? Is it half moon or a crescent moon? It's a crescent moon crescent rising moon. above the city. A lovely moon yeah. rise. We like this one, don't we? Um, Niall's being very deliberate with his coffee. Um, mm. I like this callback to. Is it? Um, is it no? It's not a crane's critique, or possibly uh, it could also be word to the wise guy when they're outside Novosa and Roz is on about like, look how cautious he is with his coffee. I'm pretty sure it's word to the wise. Word guy. to the wise guy is like yeah. looking blowing. I was simply blowing a foam hole. <laughs> um, that deliberation is something that we've seen before, and um, it's also such I think a confident opening for a show because of the fact that it is silence for the first 15, 20 seconds it's or so. Physical comedy with yeah. someone just stirring coffee. Yeah. And, and it's, it's compelling. Yeah. And it's, you know, I I would I would say most shows, I mean, it'd be interesting, would you do this before season? Like if you would mm. if you're in season one, would you have mm. the confidence to do this in the first few episodes? I wonder. Probably um, not. Yeah. Um, but it's such a confident opening and one. I say you're you're drawn in enough and everyone loves not Niles enough to know something funny is going to happen and you're just you're compelled. But um mm. yeah, I think it's it is such a just a confident, cold opening in the sense of watch a man make you know have his coffee yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and then obviously he loses his call incorrectly with the two teenage girls yeah. aren't you going to shout at them yeah. i'm sure they already heard me yell <laughs> at you uh which is just classic um i feel like nervosa seems to be a little bit of a hotbed for kind of you know male bullies you know high crane yes. drifter these guys 
you know, why why are kind of middle-aged insecure men coming to a coffee shop to pick on people? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure one of them looked a lot like Drew Carey. I think Drew Carey is just going from coffee shop to coffee shop playing practical jokes. That could well be the case. Yeah. You know, let, let, you know, who who is to say that is not Mr. Carey himself? Um when Fraser comes in saying I'm having a crisis, etc., it's not the belt. Um, when Nas in- implies that it's the, can you remember how much the belt cost? Is it two hundred dollars? Yes, it is. Yeah. I think I was, <laughs> I'm assuming we only know that when he says I threw away a two hundred dollar belt. Yeah. Um, now they both have this kind of exchange where they say it's folder all. It's folder all. Yeah, what? What is that? I googled it, so I think this is just—it's American. It's a—I think it is a—it's not just an American word, but I think it is a word that's popular in America, or maybe was around this time. I have never in my life heard it in the UK, no. um, and I've never seen it written down in a book either. And I read a lot of American fiction, so I'm not sure where this is popular. But yeah, you spell it like fold, like folding clothes, and then E R O L folder all. Yeah. That's um, that's in my notes. I have folder all spelled like that? Question mark. So in my head, when I heard it, I you know like a co- you know like how we call o- overalls. Yeah. Americans often call them a coverall because mm. it kind of covers all. I was thinking it was like folder all, as in if something is folder all, it's kind of like it's meaningless, like kind of stuff you'd file away in a folder, like yeah. it's trivial. That's what I was hearing in my head, and then I googled it, and I was like, oh, that's not how you spell it. So a weird what- one. Oh, what I love as well, you've just said the phrase coveralls, and I can just hear Kelsey in my head going coveralls that don't quite cover all cover cover all <laughs> oh very very good um as steward of the mm. chess club at school um one of the one of the stewards of the chess club i resent the fact that the chess team are yeah. the butt of a joke here um, I mean, it's not even the chess. It's the chess team's barbershop quartet. I, I mean, that just shows to me in a kind of an intrepid interdisciplinary skills being applied. Someone's good at chess and they can also hit the high notes. I mean, well, I, I have a query. So is, are they the entire population of the chess club who also do barbershop quartet? Or no, are they not a in my head. within the chess club who also do barbershop quartet? I think they are the, the elites of the chess club who, who kind of moonlight as singers. I think there are some very basic chess players who can't hold a note. Right. And, you know, they want to be in the checkmates, but they're just not allowed. And I have a lot of questions. Should we say them to the end or do them now as to, Kate, uh, to Kelsey's role in the, the checkmates? I I mean, let's talk about it now. Okay, so he seamlessly <laughs> blended into that quartet, right? He did. And there was four of them, including him. Which is a quintet. It's qu- quartet is four. I thought there was already four men at the table. I and then there was he... three men at the oh, table. Oh, the three then, and he joins them to make it a quartet. I think so. That would make sense. I, I yeah. thought in my head then I'd um, mistakenly <clears throat> imagined he sits down with an already existing four, but no, I, maybe he does make it I, a quartet. I thought he made it a quartet, and therefore I'm confused. Is he just a long-standing member of this quartet? Because he, as a, he was so seamless in his adaptation mm. to this quartet. I mean, um, and the fact that it struck me that he was the fourth member, he just seems to me that he is a member of the checkmates. And yet he was putting them down as though he was just tag- You can't just tag along to a barbershop quartet. That doesn't no. work. No, you can't just so- jump into Coney Island, baby. Yeah. There needs to be a precedent there. So he was clearly a member. Let's not pretend like he was downgrading to them. He was on their level. Okay. He, he, he was on their level. He was ready to go. Yeah. Um, okay. Really quick fire. I've not planned any, 
can we think of any chess-based pun barbershop quartet names? Um, I'm going to give us a second, oh, and God. I will obviously I'll remove the silence, and then we 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 can think of some. The um, only thing I know about chess is, as you know, many times the Sicilian approach. So I'm going to do something on the word Sicilian. Uh, the Sicilian <laughs> Sopranos. Oh, that's good. That's not bad, is it? Yeah. Um, the castling crooners. Castling is a is a is a skill in chess. Okay. Yeah. Don't that. you dare shake your head at that. <laughs> um, um. How about mm, the the bar? Mm, the mm, how about a pawn shop quartet? <laughs> Come on, Key. Come on. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, pieces of chess. Bishop the. So, okay, so okay, you go, you go, you no, go. No, no, Will's already announced he's got great, like seven great ones. Uh, <laughs> I forgot seven great ones. So, so, watch it. Simply yeah. Queen. No. <laughs> you can't have that. Okay, okay, this is the best That's one. That's copyright okay. infringement, mate. This this is one for the real the chess nerds. Yeah. Jennifer Roy Lopez, because the Roy Lopez is a very famous opening in chess. So <laughs> it's like a tri- a chess tribute band. Jennifer Roy Lopez. I'll tell you what, there are very few times in my life I felt like the cool one in the room. But that, that's <laughs> absolutely that that's uh, that was 30 seconds of me having a wee. Wow. I came up with that. What yeah. did you think about when you last had a wee? <laughs> okay, all have I'm, you got have you got any? All I've got is the Baltimore Bishops. <laughs> <laughs> What does Baltimore have to do with anything? I don't, I don't know. I needed a place to start with the same letter. And then I thought, hairspray, good morning, Baltimore. And it oh, just... okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not, not <laughs> awful. That's <laughs> not, not awful. I feel like um, I was five years old and I was showing my parents my drawing I did and I, yeah, it's, it's not awful. Not it's, awful. What is it? Is it a cat? No, it's you. It's <laughs> Pony Island Bishop. Oh, that was so much better. Why didn't I go with that? Let's move on. Let's move oh. on. Um oh, the B to B4 sharps. Oh someone's yeah. just come out of nowhere with a possible winner. Yes. I love that. I love that a lot. Okay, we'll we'll end on that high note. If anyone can beat those, please write in. Um if this is supposed to be a pep talk, would you kindly segue to the peppy part? Um, amazing delivery here. Um, and there's, there's there's a few there's a few kind of lines across the series from 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 Frasier where it's about that. Like, can you can you hasten to the to the post potato portion of the conversation? Like talking about the conversation kind of in a meta way as part of the joke, which I just really find great. See, I really like the line. I just wonder. I'd like to have heard Kelsey say both so I could make a proper decision. If it would have been better, if it was just, could you kindly hasten to the pep? I think that would work better because that's nuts that you've said that. Because when I when I'm waiting for this line, I was hoping he'd say, "Could you hasten to the pep?" That's exactly. What I'm, that's what I want him to say. Yeah, because I just think the way pep sounds and sort of the emphasis on it makes a really nice end of sentence cut it's, off. It is funnier. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting that we both we both thought about that. I'd be interested to see if others think the same. Um, okay, he's at the he's at Mr. Rugley's, Stephen Rugley's uh, place now. Would you ever in your right mind order such a hothouse orchid level drink um, <laughs> from in an interview? Like, can you can you imagine someone you you're interviewing someone at your law firm, <laughs> and that's what they ask for? You'd be thinking, get out. 
See, my entire response would be deadpan. Like, well, we've got water. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Like hot fuzz when someone asks white for wide, we've got red or white. <laughs> like, like what? It is um, just—it's a remarkable level of just lack of self-awareness. Yeah, I think so. He's just, you know, the the fact that he's issuing. Well, he's not. He, he's very nice about it, but he mm. is, you know, just walking in and immediately just asking for things from people that he thinks are just office assistants and beneath him. Yeah, um, yeah. there is a superiority. Oh, there, there massively is. Yeah, it doesn't um, come across great. And, you know, you kind of feel bad for him in some parts of this episode, but at that moment, I'm like, mm, I'm kind of hoping you screw up this interview, yeah. which is, of course, exactly what happens. He just doesn't stop talking. Everything um, goes wrong. Yeah, everything. Obviously, it's it's just dramatic irony, and it's farce, and it's great, but you just want to scream at the TV, like, Frazier, your flies are undone. As someone who is a chronic leave opening of his flies um oh you know i forget to zip them up all the time um i, I really <laughs> em- i really empathize with frazier <laughs> it's it's easy to forget never Is never in, never in a professional capacity but in, in in kind of my personal life often forget to zip them up um do you know why it is because yeah, please I, tell me I tend sometimes I, I I you know I'm I'm kind of bout and fly, um, and then I do the bout, yeah. but I do the bout first when I should do the fly first, and there you there you have it. The fly right. rema- the fly I forget and the fly remains open. Okay, and um, and, and I have to pay the, the heavy price. That's my cross to bear. I've mean, got so many questions. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to hear some. I mean one. <laughs> When you say chronic, how often is this happening? I would Surely say a, you must, you must a couple of times a, a couple of times a day. No, a couple of times a couple of times a day. Surely you must be at the point where you're paranoid now, and as you're leaving the bathroom, you're like, "Flies, okay, flies are good." Only, go. only, only at work. Um, it's never happened at work, and obviously. Okay, okay. So, what is the most embarrassing situation it's happened in? Uh Ooh. I just want to hear the story of how you met Charles' parents with your uh, flies. And I've definitely walked through Charles' busy kitchen and, and chatted to people and then come out the other side and just gone to shut. Oh, my flies were undone for that whole time. Um, no one no one commented. No. <laughs> we live in a world where people won't draw attention to it out of with British awkwardness. Yesterday, I was having breakfast with a colleague who had a bit of egg here on his lip. Um, I couldn't tell him it was there. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. No, that that's fair. I couldn't do that. I so I was like, I just, you know, I I knew we were getting the elevator back down. There's a big mirror in there. The mirror will take care of all my problems. Did you not do the thing where you rubbed your lip? Because <laughs> when someone does that, I immediately do the same thing, just in case they're giving me like a subtle little gesture. Mm. And so that's what I would have done. I'd have just rubbed my face to see if they rubbed their face. And I think I, I think solved. I should. I think I should have done that. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I should have done, but. I think the mirror took care of my issues. <laughs> um, Dr. Wendy is his mother. She's quite ill. Um, yes. You know, her saccharine style is, you know, <laughs> not very good. The second time Frazier has described a, a kind of popular personality as saccharine, Honey Snow, of course, yes. being the first. Um, probably some significant difference between Honey Snow and Dr. Wendy. I'm going to, I'm probably going to put my head on the line and say. Um, Frazier's going <laughs> to walk back to the coffee. When he's got the giraffe in his blazer. Oh, God. He's just kind of like grabbing the coffee. Is "Is everything okay? Uh, Is it that hard to hide a small broken giraffe on your blazer? I know. I know. What what episode is it where something breaks and they put it in like a wall light? They put the pieces of it in a wall light. Is that Frasier? 
or is it friends? I'm not sure. Neither's jumping to mind. In my head, there's a very, very clear moment where something breaks and there's like a kind of, I don't know what you call those wall lights, or almost looks like a bit of a scallop shell on the wall and it's got like a hollow bit at the top. Um, but like but the rest of the bulb is connected to the wall. And they they pop two pieces in it. And I oh. I, I feel like it's Frasier, but it, it might, might not be. be. I mean, the first thing I think of when I think swim breaking is when he broke the mask and um Yeah, with James Earl Jones. Yes, that's what I was thinking of, yeah. Um that yeah I, 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 Corey will know. If that's yeah. Frasier, he will he will tell us. Um Rugley's scream and the coffee goes on him is hilarious. Um yeah. but it is it is that could genuinely scold him. It's just come in. Yeah, it's, it's just been poured. <laughs> it, it's like fresh coffee, okay, mm. and Everything, everything Croatia just does is just so horrendously wrong and clearly brought on by the self-fulfilling prophecy that is the curse. Yeah. Because otherwise there is no reason a rational man would behave in the manner that Frasier acts in this scene. Just everything, the, the constant, um, not ugly, rug, 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 breaking the, the giraffe that was you know, made by the, the poor man's, you know, stroke, suffer, victim, 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 father. Um, just everything is just, it's just so, so foot in mouth and, and perpetual to the extent where he just lets himself out. You know, at some stage, you've just got to cut your losses and leave shortly and just go, thanks. I hope yeah, I never see yeah, you again. I'll, 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 yeah, this is over. I'm yeah. sorry that I've just scolded your groin, perhaps I, to a point beyond return. But, I, you know. I did love the point when the flies were undone. And he said, shall we start the interview? I was like, oh, it hasn't started yet. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. How naive. Yeah. How naive. The interview starts the moment you walk onto the bloody car park. They're watching everything you do. Um, the moment you park in the boss's space and end up getting your car towed. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. idiot bought his BMW there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it'll go uh, quick if I want to beat that tall man. Gonna be... <laughs> but back at K- uh, 1901 now, not KSCL, Niles and Martin are coming up in the elevator. Martin's got a trolley. Um, yes. It briefly gets explained, but not really to a, a level of that I'm satisfied with. I think it's incredibly strange to have a trolley anywhere outside of a supermarket, but let alone taking it up 19 floors in a penthouse, uh, in, a, in an apartment block. Yeah. Um, I mean, but you say that I say I live in a rougher area than you, and there are just abandoned shopping <laughs> trolleys just in the streets. The it's detritus like some... of broken Britain. <laughs> Honestly, you, you you walk down my road, it's a bit like in every zombie film, like when they wake up the morning after, and it's just damage chaos. everywhere. It's chaos. Oh, God. Um, they're referring to the... Uh, yeah, well... The place where they get Eddie's food, and then I can't remember what Niles says, but animal I'm... byproducts. Once you've had the good stuff, you can't go back. <laughs> and Martin's like, when the guy with the pink eye stops handing out cheese samples, <laughs> don't talk to you about hygiene. It's really weird because pink eye to me sounds way more disgusting than what we call it here in the UK. Do you know what we call it here in the UK? Oh, it's when your eye sort of goes all gloopy, isn't it? It's yes. um... oh, no, you're gonna tell me, and I'm gonna know it instantly. But... Begins with a C. Oh, just blanks. It is. Oh, no, just tell me. Conjunctivitis. 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 But yeah, we never, ever call it anything other than that in the UK. It's always conjunctivitis. Yes. Um, obviously, in America, they call it pink eye, which 
for the longest time, I think the film Knocked Up basically taught me that pink eye is when you fart on someone's pillow without them knowing and then they go to sleep and the poo particles get in their I, eye. I think there is that sort of connotation with pink eye that just doesn't exist in the same sense in conjunctivitis. I feel there is two very different yeah, but like, but if I googled pink eye and like yeah. NHS has pink eye brackets conjunctivitis oh. and and vice versa. But I agree with you. I think in kind of colloquial terms, I hear pink eye and I think is someone, someone What's something going on here. Are they yeah. living in squalor? Um, <laughs> that's what it makes me think of. But either way, don't want anyone with pink eye giving me cheese samples. Um, I wouldn't. I I don't get samples at the store whenever I'm there. I don't um, get samples. I think of all the hands that have kind of fingered those little bits of cheese and, and biscuits, and I just think, no. The kind of people that are eating them, I, I don't trust them to have washed their hands. So... <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying about elitist and superiority? Oh, no, no. Probably the people eating the samples are probably people who are very wealthy and well-to-do. <laughs> to be honest, they're the people I trust much less to have washed their hands. Um <laughs> But I just think there's just something about samples that I don't enjoy. Conversely, at Boots, spray me as much as you want with your scent. Oh, no. With everything, I'm the same. I just keep walking in a straight line. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm someone. If you watch me, I get no pleasure out of being outdoors. I just keep walking. I'm like, okay, this is what we need. It's like a, it's like a rescue mission. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Here's the map of the store, okay? This is where we need to go to. We want this aisle, this section. Get this. This is how much it costs. Then we're getting out. In the, the in, the, in the case of civil unrest, we gather in the produce aisle. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. You're just incredibly efficient, aren't you? It's just all about how do we get from A to B in the most I, efficient way possible. I am, but the thing is, everyone I ever go shopping with is always the exact opposite of me. So they're saying, yeah. oh, this looks nice. Should we get this? What do you think? Oh, we could get this. What about this or that? And, and then there's me standing there, edging away from them <laughs> like to try and dispel the Disperse them away from that aisle. You're so, just okay. fighting for your life, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. My thing is, I, I once turned around and said, "That's fantastic. Maybe we can put it on the agenda for the next time we come and consider it then." But not yeah. today because we <laughs> didn't do it before. Now, let's conclude the any other business portion of this <laughs> yeah. particular meeting. Um, the Bryce Academy Crier, uh, which Fraser was Fraser's nickname the first year there, of course. Mm. Um, we have a publication of similar similar note at our school. Actually, um, I've got the latest issue of it downstairs. Um, it's actually Ooh. very very good. Um, <laughs> the kids create it and write it, and it's it's really good. Um, so I like this. Um, it's not ours. Doesn't have a pretentious name like the Bryce Academy Crier or you know the Bryce Academy Bugle. I think but, would have worked nicer. Can- Oh, that's nice. Can I yeah. ask? Um, yes. Is there in your school mm. debates between like staff and editor about running like particular exposés like you see in pop culture in America? Literally is... was talking about that exact thing last night with someone and that exact thing had happened. I, yes. I just love like one of your prefects coming in saying, I've got an expose on the council and they're like, no, they pay our fees. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are similar similar things happening. Um, I won't lie. Um, Martin's brilliant line about trying to discredit all the people's successes and like, you know, maybe that guy won't do anything with a cure for cancer. Or <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> and Martin's kind of look of sincerity and he's like nodding, like, yeah. Fingers um, crossed. That just that ruins me. That is fantastic. Um Frazier's now shocked face when he's got the trolley outside the store. He's returning the dog food. 
the shocked face when he's like, on behalf of Mother Earth, I thank you. <laughs> he just looks phenomenal here. He looks it's, so funny. It's fantastic. It really reminds me, actually, of, I think it's Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street when he's in sort of like the tracksuit and the joggers and that sort of thing. Or the, the joggers and the sweat top or sweater. Um and he goes to hug Roz and she goes, no, you're all grungy. Stay away from me. Yes. Uh, he's got, Kelsey, look, he does grungy so well. Sort he of grunges thing, up good, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Um, He looks like a disgusting man. I mean, in last last week when we did, um, when Steve and I looked at uh, Good Grief, when he's in that horrible yellow polo shirt, kind of yeah. going through the change curve again. He, he's he's grunging up good there, yeah. snacking on Monte Cristo's, losing his mind. So, um, yeah, he does that well. I, I just he shakes Percy Williams's hand after it's just been in the bin. Yeah, that's what. If I was Percy Williams, I he just be... do this a little bit. Like, but I mean, don't touch it. Yeah, like I just find it a bit strange that Percy Williams <clears throat> clearly thinks that that Fraser is is homeless and you know he's down and out and is looking at him with disgust, yet shakes his hand. Yeah, it seems a little bit strange, but um, <laughs> I mean, Percy Williams, you know, gave him some money, you know, tried to do the right thing. He did. The thing is, I feel like Percy Williams comes across as a bad guy in this episode, but he actually what he does is nice. He tells him to get help. He gives him some money from yeah, Percy yeah. Williams perspective. He gets he... in a limo. <laughs> <laughs> he does do that. <laughs> but, you no, know, he's doing I, his I best. Agree. Yeah, he he and his wife are single-handedly trying to turn Frazier's life around. Joe <laughs> uh, watch just really killed me. Just the way he mentions his wife just reminds me of um when Niall sees that guy in Nervosa about uh the hoedown for the homeless. Yeah. Again, linked to this, and he's like, uh, oh, I've heard your radio program. Oh, I've seen your wife. What <laughs> 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 of my Percy Williams and his wife. I don't know why, but they kind of remind me for no reason at all of the couple that they who frequented Maris's circles with the timber. Yeah, I don't remember their names. Is that the the people I'm thinking of? Are they? It could very well be the exact same same people. Uh, Yeah. Well, I've seen your wife. Uh, (laughs) It's just (laughs) unbelievable. Um, Frazier defending his wealth now. I collect African art yeah. and all these kind of things. That's a kind of vaguely colonial overtone. The fact that, like, you know, I collect exotic African art. Yeah. Thus, that's you know, it's just there's something that's you know classically lily white Frazier's world coming through there. Um, Niall's talking about the drug dealer auction now back at 1901. If I yes. ever get married again, I'm going to register there. I would genuinely so love to go good. to a police auction. Me too. Do we I have th- them here? I don't know. I've never seen one, but mm. you know, there's not as many police on the streets as there used to be. You know, word really, of mouth, isn't, mate? it's not getting around. Is word, it? Word of mouth. They're not handing out enough flyers for the, yeah. the drugs. That's, that is where if Labour get in at the next election, we need more money in the police in their marketing department. Okay. <laughs> I need more drug dealer auctions. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what sort of stuff, what would be for sale at a, a kind of typical UK auction of that kind? Well, a, well we a know from, Range Rover. Yeah. We know yeah. from um, Niles that there is, what is it, a purple? Well, what he describes hat? is a pimp's hat. Yes, um, so he's kind of mixing his metaphors a little bit there. Um, I don't oh, know if that's wow. deliberate or, but yeah. yeah but um, um, Black Range Rover, the um, hat. 
a bully XL, I imagine, will be a bully. <laughs> very topical, very yeah. topical indeed. Okay, a, a bully XL is probably going to be there. Um, I don't know, maybe some sort of hi-fi system. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know. These are... With a high fine, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't speak to how these people outfit their their sound systems at if, home. But if we've got any listeners who also happen to be dealers of of drugs in in their spare time, please tell us what what things do you like to buy? What are you yeah. spending your ill gotten gains on? Yeah, tell us. Are you rocking a Dolby Atmos five point one surround <laughs> sound or, or something completely different? Yeah, we'd love to know. Um, the uh, I guess are you are you seriously considering having Raza some kind of trophy wife trophy duchess, which <laughs> 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 absolutely kills me. I will say though, this is a completely weird tangent to go on, but the term duchess as as a kind of uh, a term of endearment, but kind of mm. slightly sexualized and whatever. Wolf of Wall Street did this a lot because like, that's what Jordan Belfort refers to Margot Robbie's character as, um, and. Because there is a large sect of men uh, in our generation who pretty much, you know, going to the gym is like their life and The Wolf of Wall Street is the best film they've ever seen. I think that kind of that that has kind of entered kind of slang as like referring to kind of your incredibly hot significant other as a duchess and just really, really hate it, find it incredibly tacky and and dislike it. But Frasier's delivery kills me. It's great, isn't it? It's so good. Trophy Duchess. Um, and now Frazier finds out he's got the job, ostensibly. Um, yeah, and... just before that, I think Nile is Niles's advice before that. Yes, when, yes, when it he is. Says, yes, it is. Yeah, you know, actually, you don't need them anymore, you don't need their approval or their validation. You know, if you want to, if I mean, he doesn't actually say if you want to go, you should go for you, but but he does say going for them is effectively the wrong reason to go. Mm-hmm. And actually, that is such good advice from Niles. He really does it hit is. the nail on the head and the opportunity for personal growth. And and you do, I think, particularly, it's so pertinent in this sort of a situation, because I think particularly when you are young and a teenager, everything is a popularity contest. And the, the approval of your peers is such an important thing. And I think if most of us were to be invited to a school reunion tomorrow, I think the first thing you would in your mind almost see it as, well, who's done best, who's been most successful. You who's start ranking best. each other, don't you? Uh, you know Exactly. And Nas' advice that you've always effectively just got to run your own race and not worry about anyone else is just such good advice. Mm. Um, and what I think is really interesting as well is, and it, it almost harkens back to episodes like Flower Child, if... <clears throat> um, you know, Frasier was to go, there would be people in, I think there's different kinds of success, isn't there? There would be people who would be very successful financially, but maybe don't have the the enjoyment from their work that others might bring, others might have. So they may see other people as more successful in that sense. There'll be others who have a family life, but aren't as well off. And therefore, you know, it, so that, oh, there'll be others who are well off, but that they don't have that sense of family. So you'll have all those different kinds of success and those different barometers of measuring success. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really interesting in that sense that what defines that popularity contest because you could always lose on one category, yeah. and whatever category you lose on is probably the one you're evaluating on. Yeah. Um, and so Niles's advice to Fraser of just personal growth is just not evaluating it and not assessing it is just such such good advice from Niles. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, I completely agree. And it echoes, you know, living well is the best revenge, which we've seen elsewhere in the show. And Nas is like, yeah. it's fantastic advice. Don't find it showing up in many opera plots. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, Nas gets pretty angry, at, you know, in that moment, <clears throat> thinking, actually, I just want to just rub it in people's faces. Yeah. Um, is that in Seat of Power? I think it is. I think is it because uh, he goes on a line further and says something like, he, "I think he names two sort of opera characters from operas." Yeah, he goes, yeah, he does. Didn't just go home and live well, did he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After after drinking poison in the third act yeah. or whatever. Um, so yeah, so I completely agree with Niles. He's he's absolutely right to suggest this. Um, Fraser getting the TV show gig, or or not getting, as the case may be. I I'd find it hard to not go. Yeah, I think most people go. I, I, I even think, I, I think ultimately speaking, I'm a very vain and selfish human being sometimes. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's the majority of people. If mm. I, you know, I mean, I, and even as Ni- as Niall's sort of sat him down and go, this is an even bigger opportunity for personal growth. I My note is obviously he's not going to do it. So, yeah. Um, as in, obviously he's not going to listen to Niall's. Um, but I mean, from <clears throat> from Martin's perspective, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that he's just lied to? to I think it's it? absolutely awful and, yeah, re- and, the, and so irresponsible of Martin. I mean, even notwithstanding the fact that the the studio producer or the station manager, you know, whatever title he's got, is going to be there, which they didn't know. Mm. Surely the come down when you realise you don't have a job is worse than the temporary high from flaunting it to you know a load of 100 yeah yeah and then it would ultimately come to nothing anyway because in a, in a few weeks the people would be like oh let's tune into fraser's show oh wait it never happened exactly. um i don't know what martin's thinking martin's not intelligent like fraser and niles but he's not socially inept and i just think that's an absolute kind of faux pas from him um because he's just basically set fraser up for a massive fall yeah. Um, but there we are. And then Fraser's like, you know, it's a great opportunity, isn't it? <laughs> have have a have a good time. Thank you. Um is this episode in your top ten key zone? It is not. No. I, I like this episode. Actually, I think it's a really nice episode for where Fraser is in his life right now, because I think it's quite a slow episode, really. Not a great deal actually happens in it at all. Hmm. Um, and I think it almost sums up this bit of a depressive funk that Frasier is in that not a great deal is happening it's quite introspective of him sort of measuring his own self-worth and whether he's cursed and and the measure of his life so I really like it in that sense and it's a very watchable episode but I don't think as a not a lot actually happens in it and I don't I think it's therefore hard to push it into that upper echelons of Mm. greatness I completely agree. Um, I know Steve's a huge fan of season six, and I do think season six has got some very, very good episodes. I think it starts strong, mm-hmm. um, I think, with good grief in this episode. Two two kind of good, big hitters. And I think season five starts strong as well, actually, last mm-hmm. uh, last time around. And, and I love yeah. that, I say, this almost depressive Funk Frazier being you know, out of work, things not going as well for him. I love that it just doesn't just resolve itself at the end of one episode because yes. it carries over because so often in sitcoms by the end of the episode it's all resolved itself in a nice little bow and everything's fine. Um it's too actually, low stakes, isn't it? it exactly. And instead mm. actually we do see the consequences of, of, of actions and we see Fraser having to come to terms with things it much more mirrors real life. And I think I really, really like that it's a real bold approach from from the start of a series. Yeah. As in, start of series six. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, who have you gone for actor pick this week? I think there's only one choice because I think only one person really does anything, which I completely is, agree. It's Kelsey. It, it's hard to. I don't think there's anyone who actually really. You know, Nas has a couple of nice lines, but he doesn't have the opportunity to spark in the way he usually does. Mm. Martin has maybe five, ten lines most. Um, yeah. yeah. Daphne's barely in it. You know, Roz has a couple of nice moments, but nothing substantive. I think, I think Kelsey's the only horse in the race. I completely agree. Um, the only horse in the race is exactly how I'd phrase it. Um, our boy Kennedy Burling, what category did he win at his uh, homecoming reunion prize giving yearbook? The Kennedy so, category. The Kennedy. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> you've got... ask what you need to do to qualify. <laughs> Um, basically, it's the person who would have won all the other categories, and they couldn't just give everything to one person, so they created right. a, a separate category for him, the Kennedy category. Most um, likely to Kennedy, or most likely to Kennedy. Kennedy. I'm, 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 I'm trying. It just sounds here. like we're doing promos for the Barbie movie now. It, it does a little bit. Have you seen the Barbie movie? I have seen. I saw that and Oppenheimer on the same day. Oh, you did the double bill. Yeah. Was it good? Um, yeah, I've, I, I've seen both of them, but not yeah. double build. I, I thought, I mean, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Barbie. I just didn't think there was. I think it could have been done so much better if Barbie had stayed in the human world and helped the. I'm going to call her the human mom compared to the, the doll. Barbie. Yes, the human mom. If she'd have helped the human mom break the glass ceiling in the company and get onto the board, stuff like that, I think that would have been a much better film than her going back to Barbie world where it's, I just, I don't think it worked for me. I think I would have mm. preferred to have seen Barbie stay in the real world and have a film set in the real world, to be honest. Um, well, well, there's probably undoubtedly going to be a sequel and obviously it ends. Well, I don't want to say how it ends, but the sequel suggests that could be where it heads. Yeah. And that may um, very well end up being, I think a better film. Mm. Um, Oppenheimer. I loved, I thought Oppenheimer was amazing. I went out afterwards and then bought the, the book that the film was based on. Oh, is that very... uh, American Prometheus? Yeah, which yeah. is a very good read and which I recommend. Great title as well. It's a fantastic title, isn't it? And it's so and good. it's interesting actually how loyal the film is to the book. Mm. It's very loyal. It's very, very... And it's, it's very, I think, by and large, it's very historically accurate as a film, which I really like because there's so many, you know, historical sort of doc, like dramas that actually... It's eighty percent fiction and twenty percent true, whereas actually a great deal of of Oppenheimer, I think, is actually you know very very close to to what actually happened, which I really like. So, um, yeah, would recommend it. I'd recommend yeah. both, but I'd recommend Oppenheimer particularly. I, I I completely agree. Um, I had a great time watching Barbie. It was very good fun. There were definitely segments of it I really didn't enjoy, i.e., yeah. the massive Chevrolet commercial that happens halfway through. I I was just confused at one bit where I realised we were just ten minutes into a music video, and I was like, what what what's happening? What's yeah, there's there's some serious kind of commercialism going yeah. on. Um, yeah. and and I, I can't even give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, it's it's it was meant to be. It's a really commercial product, and Mattel produced it, and no it's still a film um yeah. and if i feel like i'm being advertised at i'm going to just hate it yeah. um whereas yeah oppenheimer was great probably a bit too long um yeah probably could have done a, a little, a little bit self-indulgent but yeah. I, and I thought the pacing of it was strange because for me i would have thought the natural ending would have been the bomb for me as, as in the tr- as in the trinity test or the dropping of it on um Japan. i think probably the dropping of it on japan really mm. almost 
with with the main build up being the Trinity test and then a little bit of an ending to sort of see how it was put into effect. Um and it was just a bit strange that that happened. I don't know the exact timing, but that happened. And then you're like, oh, we're still going, are we? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I will say is watching it with Steph, who didn't know really anything about Oppenheimer's life, I she found it really hard to follow it's it. It's very confusing. Are. Yeah. If you don't know the backstory, yeah. And like, it, it does not help you. And I mean, when Remy Malik's character appeared, I was just like, who the hell is. What's Remy Malik doing here? And then suddenly, no explanation. Suddenly, he's instrumental at the yeah. end when when he's just an absolute bit part. Yeah. Um, um. I mean, another sort of historical drama I love is the film Thirteen Days about um, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh and yeah. That is far far more, I think, palatable for uh, someone who doesn't know much about history because it at least. I think it, it it labels it all better. It both visually, literally labels who people are, but it also helps signpost it for someone who, who isn't that familiar with with the background. And Oppenheimer, I think, could have benefited from that because I think a casual viewer would have struggled a bit, mm. you know, following it. But it has a lot going for it. Yeah, I've not seen Thirteen Days. We um, I'm pretty sure you watched it with me at school, mate. We um, we had pizza, Mr. Harding, in history. And oh that my. Film. God, I don't remember that. Maybe you weren't. No, but but it rings a faint, faint bell. But I don't know. There we go. Um, whose crane is it anyway? Is all that remains before we jump over to the mailbag. Who says mumbo jumbo? Mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo. Oh, I feel that I should know it because it feels it's not a very Fraser esque line. So you no, I've given you a out. slightly kind of unique one this week rather oh. than my kind of who says what mumbo jumbo. A little bit of mumbo in my life, a little bit of jumbo. Mm-mm-mm. Oh God, I've got no idea. Um, I feel like the I'm going to say Martin because I feel Martin is the sort of person who would use the phrase mumbo jumbo but I'm probably wrong. Let me read to you the exchange. If this is the pep talk, would you kindly segue to the peppy part? The only reason why you're giving credence to this curse, Mumbo Jumbo, is because you're nervous about your job interview. It is oh, Niles. Niles. It is Nile. Nile Coyote. <laughs> um, shall we jump over to listen to Mal? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so listener mail this week. Uh, we're going to be alternating across the socials. So I'm going to read out some of the ones from Reddit. Key has got access to the Instagram uh, comments and replies to your stories as well. So thank you, everyone who keeps those coming in. Ashley Two says, another great episode. And for some reason, my highlight is Will's off-the-cuff comment about the Count of Monte Cristo. He's too busy exacting revenge for cuisine. I don't know why, but it sounds like something Niles would say. Uh, Daphne's line, oh, how creepy. Do come in. Always comes to mind when there's some pop-up about cookies and you can't easily reject them. I really, I completely agree. The more websites I try and use on my phone these days, I just want to hurl it at a window. They are all absolutely unusable. Yeah, it's um, awful, isn't it? And I just think every single human being on Earth now uses uses the internet primarily from their phone. Why would you make it so awful? Um, no one can answer that. Uh, over on Instagram, Keyzone. Uh, here we've got the deadest dead who commented, does Frage have a special closet or cubby for his infamous dress-down clothes? 
Oh, so we've talked about those on the on the on the pod. That's nice, actually. Um, if I read another one out, because yours are shorter than mine. Yeah, we've also got Adam Thogan who says, "Oh, the checkmates. Oh, the checkmates. <laughs> I I love the checkmates. It's got to be and said, they, and they they feature, I think, quite heavily in um quite a few in, in my fan comments. fiction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you um have you seen the U.S. Office? I have not. No. So in that, Andy Bernard, who's Ed Helms, he when he was at Cornell was in a a cappella group called Here Comes Treble. Um, oh, dear God. Which I think, which it just kills me. Um, I love that. Uh, Nomicons says, Will you guys have access to the new series in the UK? I know sometimes rights stuff can be weird internationally. Very, yeah, very interesting question. I think it, we have to get Paramount Plus to watch it. So another subscription based service that I'm currently not prepared to buy. Um, though once the show's been out for a while and I can view episodes at a time, I'll probably take the plunge and, and have a look. I mean, the thing is as well, because so many streaming services are now making the crackdown on password sharing and things like that. We've seen Netflix starting to roll stuff out. I think Disney I have also rolling that. stuff out. Yeah. Um, I think we are going to see a lot of people really having to pick and choose which streaming services they go with. It, and... It's it's outrageous. It feels at this point now like you buy a TV and then you pay a monthly subscription for each channel you want. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, you want one, two, three, and four. It'll be £5 a month for each. Um, you know, and last night Charlotte and I wanted to watch like a Halloweeny film, and we watched uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and I'd never seen it. It's quite a kind of you know silly, kind of sexy, spooky horror. Um, you know, it's not scary. It's more just a bit silly, but it's good fun. Wasn't on anything, and we had Netflix, Prime, Disney Plus. We looked on BBC iPlayer. It wasn't yeah. on anything, so we ended up paying £3.50 to rent it on Prime. Now, I don't mind doing that, because if I want to watch something, yeah. I'm happy. I'd rather actually not have any subscriptions a month and just buy the thing I want to rent. You know, we used to get a Blockbuster and spend about £7 to rent something, so it's not actually a lot of money, but it makes us think, oh my god, that's cost a fortune to watch that film. Yeah, you know? because it feels like you're almost paying that. You, well, you are paying it on top of these subscriptions. Or exactly. Some yeah. films you're paying like 25 quid really, just to watch one film that you know, it's it's quite frustrating. Um, Very much I read so. I read Dracula actually not too long ago, which is what did you think? Because I, I tried it and got really bored. You know what? I really like the opening bits with um. I think it's Jonathan, Jonathan in, I in think the that's what I liked, and, and then I hated been, the rest. A, exactly the same. This whole like diary entry style of writing, I just didn't really sit with me. I, if it had all just been in the castle, I think that'd have been a really great book. I can understand why it's a classic because you can see so many ideas and, and ways of putting it across that have become so 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 well used and so so you know commonly used in horror mm. um and you can see that it was really the birth of something but that said um yeah it didn't it doesn't quite land as it could have and i think yeah i really as i say, really enjoyed the starting bit and i was just getting through the rest of it to be honest have you read frankenstein i have not no i think i mean i don't know why i'm comparing the two of them but i think roughly probably published maybe five seven years apart mm. um and they are pretty much kind of spiritual related books i think frankenstein is just amazing it is like yeah. in every way the superior it's better written um mm. better characters kind of more complex commentaries on the nature of life and meaning and oh it's it's really really good yeah. um cam winston's i've got a big one from cam now so hammy's got his own little message but also passing on a message from uh rachel our, our kind of little owlet in the glen um who wanted to kind of really pass on a longer message so 
Cam says, hi, lads. First of all, what a pain I couldn't connect for the live episode. However, I think I know what happened. Let's just say the laptop has been updated now to a much newer system, so we should be good to go next time. My iPhone or iPad didn't want to cooperate either, unfortunately, but I listened to it on Spotify. Well done all. Today, I have some listener mail from the already eminent Rachel. So here we go. Hello, gentlemen. I hope you are well. Steve, thank you for being vulnerable enough to share your experience being let go from a former employer. Since Fraser is set in the US, I thought I might impart some perspective about being terminated from an employer in the US. I will preface this that I'm in Illinois, a largely unionized liberal state, and laws and regulations regarding terminations state to state can vary. This is likely a situation that many people across the country have experienced. In May of 2020, at the height of the first phase of the pandemic, nearly all schools, public and private, had been closed for two months, sending students and teachers home to learn and work online. My husband was called into a one o'clock meeting with the superintendent. He was somewhat worried that perhaps he would be told he would have to teach more than physical education, as teachers were now having to teach outside of their areas of specialisation, legal in private schools, but much more strictly regulated in public schools. Brackets, despite Niles and Fraser's attitudes about public schools, the rules and laws are much more strict regarding teacher qualifications and the care of children. At 1.15, my phone rang. My husband sounded both reluctant and exasperated as he told me that in his own words, quote, my 13-year career was over with a 15-minute meeting. Like Fraser, he seemed fine, maybe a little stunned, but peaceful. I assured him that my only concern was for his mental and emotional health, that I knew he would find another position and that we would be completely fine raising our daughter on my income until that happened. We immediately started working together to update his resume and apply for the six available PE teacher jobs in the 50 mile radius of our home. This was when I got a little nervous. Most teachers are hired in February to April for the following school year. Only six available jobs made me a little worried. However, within 36 hours, my husband had received two interviews and a job offer. It was more than double his salary. Brackets, again, Fraser and Niles don't seem to understand that private school teachers make much less money in the US than public school teachers. It was only then that my husband admitted how hurt and embarrassed he was that he has been let go from his job. Whilst I'm delighted he got through the steps quicker than Frasier, he had also had a much quicker turnaround in terms of being hired by another employer. Keep up the great work. We love you. Thank you so much, Rachel, for just such a candid kind of exploration of, yeah, of unemployment. That will be a situation familiar to many because of the pandemic and even outside of that, too. Um, and I just think, yeah, really wonderful to hear such a kind of human story about you know the people that are listening to this show and have their own lives and worries and troubles which we all do and i think so many people define themselves by their job you 100%. know particularly when it's a job such as teaching or you know any professional job really where you've put so many years of education study and vocational training and all the rest of it into it that you are almost you know i think when people um if, you, if someone someone's come to you and say oh tell me about yourself you probably go on will i'm a teacher and your job is right at the forefront of describing 100%, who you are as a person. And, and I do think about it like daily. And even when yeah. I'm not there it, at the weekends, I think about my role and my job yeah. and I'm, I'm happy to do that. Some people would think that's really unhealthy, but I know you and I have a similar work ethic. Um, and yeah, I, I do identify a lot with my job. Yeah. And, 100%. You know, and it, it can be so, so, you know, mentally and emotionally just disruptive. Not, you know, when, if you, you know, if you let go or even if you just, things are going badly you know you've had a bad day at the office or a bad week at the office you know so um it, and it, i think it's always really important to almost hear people express that so you know thanks very much to rachel for, for sharing that because then people know that it's not just them when they have that you know them you know it's been so common in the pandemic but i think mm. it's so important to, to share those experiences absolutely should we hear a few more from the gram 
Yes, so we've got Dr. Maria who says that uh, Niles again shows his skills as psychiatrist when he counsels Frasier. So, a point we were very much making with being excellent advice from Niles. 100%. Uh, Young Gap says, um, I would love a full length checkmates performance of Goodbye, My Coney Island Baby. I would absolutely buy that. I'd pay £3.50 for that, that three minute I, performance. I'd get that right on yeah. the iTunes, yeah. right on the iPod classic there. Lovely <laughs> stuff. Um, Miss Worcester 22 says, Loved hearing the start of season six, certainly one of my favorites. And although it might be a bit of an odd choice for some, Good Grief is in my top 10. Although it's not the best episode, it was the first ever episode of Frasier I ever watched, followed by the rest of season six when my dad bought the box set. No idea why he started at season six, but hey-ho, it got me hooked, and I'm so excited for the rest of this season's podcast. Season six and seven are incredibly strong. I think my trivia question came in too late for the uh, recording. Fancy having a stab at it now, boys. It was slash is for good grief. It's already test your memories. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, Actor Fran Kranz, who plays Aaron, who also acts alongside two stars from Frasier in another television series. Can you name the show and or actor's he appears with. I absolutely cannot. Can you repeat the question? Sorry. Actor Fran Kranz, who plays Aaron, also acts alongside two stars from Frasier in another yeah. TV series. Can you name the show and all the actors he appears with? Mm. No, is the answer. I, um, I'm really struggling. He stars in Julia, a HBO series about Julia Child's extraordinary oh, life. And her show, The French Chef. I thought possibly that, but I, I know I know David Hyde Pierce is in it, but who else from BB Neweth? Of course, BB Neweth is in it. The Beebs. Oh, I've not seen it, but I've heard good things. Heard good things indeed. But there we go. Thank you, Miss Worcester. Um, do you want to do a few more from the gram, Kay? Yeah, let's do a few more. So we've got um Jay. Jake Kidwell Feist, um, who says, uh, pushes the limits of my secondhand embarrassment meter in respect to this episode. I think I agree. Um, True Golden Geek says, hello, 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 hello. Oh, there. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Okay, I'll do one more. Alex Taylor Book says, well, do it twice is an all-time great Roz moment. That is an all-time great Roz moment, to be fair. It's a great insult. Uh, MK says, if I was in depression, this episode would be what I would need to get to acceptance. Thank you, gents. With no disrespect to our dear Steve, if ever there was an episode I wish Key was around for, for the Simpsons references, it'd be this one. When Homer goes through all five stages in about 30 seconds, hilarious. Slightly different stages, but denial. No way, because I'm not going to die. Anger. Why are you little? Fear. What's after fear? What's after fear? <laughs> Parking. Doc, you got to get me out of this. I'll make it worth your while. Acceptance. Wow, we all got to go sometime. Absolutely brilliant. Is that the episode one fish, one fish, two fish, blue fish, blowfish, or something like that? The one where he eats the, he goes to the Japanese restaurant, eats the wrong part of the fish. I think it might he's be. given 24 hours to live. I think it might be. Another. It's a wonderful episode. Again, just another incredibly bold episode in the early years of The Simpsons where yeah. they... Sure, it's basically a, a character who's going to die in 24 hours. The, the main character at that stage going to die in the next 24 hours, just dealing with it. Yeah, just just so bold for a kid's, you know, what is ostensibly a kid's comedy. Just so ruddy, bloody bold. I love yeah. it. Uh, trivia and fun bits from Frasier's Curse. Frasier says that the curse strikes every five years at severe downturns in his life and lists the loss of job, divorce, and being left at the altar, then cites falling into the poison ivy. While that was likely not fun, seems an odd inclusion given the grief we see from Frasier from the other events. Yeah, very true. I, I think he's just trying to make it fit, though. 
I, I think yeah that, and it, but you know, in doing you're so, looking for a pattern aren't you yeah yeah because he's kind of losing his mind a little bit yeah kind of confirmation bias i guess yeah uh, kindly segue to the peppy part is one of my all-time favorite lines that I use in everyday conversation. I wonder if he agrees with us. Mm. Um, Corey, do let us know. Do you think it should simply have been the pep? Um, there are some issues with Fraser's math when he suggests that the curse strikes every five years. He was supposedly born in 52. The first title card says class of 68. Most high school students in America graduate at 18, though some advanced students may have been known to skip grades. But by this math, he was 17, which means if his first reunion was the Poison Ivy incident, this should be the timeline. 1973, Poison Ivy. 78, left at the altar by Diane. Um, that happens in a 1985 episode of Cheers. Uh, 1983, divorce from Lilith. 1988, Frasier loses KACL job. The last two are spaced correctly, but before that is not. Frasier's life is as odd as his father's. Very, very good. Mm. It's inter- I wonder if... Do class reunions in America happen? You know, every five years, starting on the fifth anniversary, would you start at ten years or something? Give people a chance to be away from each other first? I don't know. Because it's class of sixty-eight, so he'd have been eighteen. And Frazier's—is it—is it about thirty years on, or maybe a little bit longer? So, yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, because you know, I, I thought you just had the one reunion. There's no point in having them all the time. Yeah, you've been to one. You've been to them all. Oh, exactly. And exactly. they'll get very depressing towards the end as well. You don't want to go to oh, a reunion where oh, Billy's not English. here anymore, McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're just the barbershop trio. <laughs> Old Will, kick the bucket. Well, we got a new gig. We're playing Billy's funeral. So he's left us some money in the will. Um, any more from the gram? I think I have one more that I can see, which I think is Sir Steph, who says, um, don't love this episode. Don't know why. <laughs> simple. <laughs> simple. I like um, it. There are then some more, but I can't see them. So um, Paulie and Not Sad Panda. I'm sorry. I can only see the first line of yours. So Paulie said, hello, my Coney. I assume Island Bailey. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, not Sad Panda says, feels cursed, not a... Not I... a fan? Maybe. I yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, seeing this amount to a close today's Wendell Fong, a great start to season six. So many strong episodes this season. Or without wanting to get ahead of ourselves, I think the season six weebies are going to be hotly contested. The mention of the Gershwins sequestering themselves in hotel rooms reminded me, of course, of Author Author. This in turn reminded me that I think I may have solved a long-standing mystery. Perhaps others have already figured this out, but here goes. When Fraser and Niles greet each other by saying uh, what sounds like Dumas Flair, I believe they are actually making a reference to Alexander Dumas, who, of course, authored The Count of Monte Cristo. The Count of Get That Monte Cristo in here. Uh, how is that for direct relevancy? Dumas is sometimes referred to as Alexander Dumas Père, with Père being French for father. This is to distinguish him from his son Dumas Jr. or Dumas Fille in French, who is also a celebrated author. That is really cool. <laughs> That is a lot, lot further than we did our research. I I, want to hope in a selfish way that my mentioning of the Count of Monte Cristo has maybe stirred some of these discoveries last week, but that is entirely Wendell Fong's. That's you at all of your parents' evening, isn't it? I I hope (laughs) that my comments stirred something in them. (laughs) Your kid's really good. I think that's because of me. (laughs) Um, Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you, everyone who wrote in this week. Uh, Continue to do so, please, on all socials. Um, Reddit is is still very useful for trivia, um, but I think actually kind of getting your listener mail kind of collated on Facebook and uh, kind of Instagram in particular 
are, are really useful. So do think about following us over on those pages as well. Um, a reminder about our coffee donation. So ko-fi.com slash Pod. I think um, but you can find the links on our social media. Should you wish to send us a virtual coffee in our own little Nervosa, um, just because you like what we do, uh, all the money goes towards the subscription fees and kind of keeping the podcast running. So very much appreciated. Uh, next week, it's Dial M for Martin. Um, great episode. Um, really like this one. Um, and, and the continuation of season six starting out well goes on. So... Yeah, really, really strong opening. Very much indeed. But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.